Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and joining me today are... Jake, Chris, and Ames. I don't know, the intro music. here today for episode 270 fuck me five what what? yep 275 it's wild and we are shockingly here to discuss two more episodes of star trek the voyager we'll be discussing episodes prey and retrospect in prey (laughs) some shit has gone wrong Mm -hmm. um the what the fuck are they called herogen herogens thank you that's such a weird name what does it remind me of i don't either i gotta think about it hydrogen nope that ain't it all right huguenots homunculus. Anyway, it's not any of those things. It just sounds like something. All right. Anyway, in Prey, the Herogen have managed to catch themselves a species 8472. Whoops. And it hath beheaded one of them and fucked the other one right up, all internally damaged and such. The Voyager crew happens upon this and is like, well, there's a dead Herogen and there's another injured Herogen, so let's beam them up, Scotty, and fix their shit. Maybe uh, they'll be our friend. Hmm, probably not. Just in case, we're going to erect a big-ass force field, though, to make sure. So they get them on board, and, you know, they're like, so what happened? And they're like, well, we uh, tractored this dude's ship from across the galaxy, and we've been hunting him for all this time, and he got the jump on us. He escaped his um, enclosure and fucked us all up. And they were like, oh, what is it? Oh, I don't know. But they, how did they actually find out? They didn't see it, right? They was, at first. How did they initially oh, find they out that it was... Oh, they found some blood. Oh, yeah, 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 that's the, right, that's right. The okay. goo on the floor. Here's your mucus. The raw cookie dough. Yeah, so mm. they, they analyzed the cookie dough, found it to be chocolate chip 8472, and they're like, oh shit. And we get this great shot of that creepy motherfucker crawling all over Voyager's hull. And uh, it starts fucking shit up in the ship. It starts uh, destroying things. They're like trying to lock down engineering. Balana gets punched in the face by 8472. And meanwhile, our Herogen friend is like, let me out. Let me finish my hunt. I'm a big douchebag. And they're like, okay, but you have to listen to Chakotay. We'll let you help, but you have to listen to what Chakotay says. And then they give us this great shot of the Herogen just like being eight feet taller than Chakotay, which means we know this is not going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. Janeway's like, listen, if he doesn't listen to you, just fucking shoot him. So... He has, we have our orders. So anyway, they track, they track the 8472 down. It's at the end of a hallway, a Jeffrey's tube or some shit. It's really injured. It's dying. And it makes like a, um, it does, it does a telepathy with, mm-hmm. um, with Tuvok, who is like, yep, it's dying. It, it's just trying to get home. That's why it was fucking with one of our control panels. It's trying to go home. So they're like, oh, well, we should get it home. Meanwhile, the Herogen had sent out, like, a distress signal, so all his friends are gonna converge, and he's like, if you don't let me finish this fight, I'm gonna let my friends kill the shit out of you all. And Janeway's like, no, we're going to get that alien home. Fucking Janeway. <laughs> Dumb bitch. You kill Because I decided. You kill Tuvix, but you fucking gotta get 8472 home, you bitch. Anyway, just kidding. I love Janeway. I actually do like Janeway, but I don't. She's such an idiot sometimes. Seven of Nine is like, hey, Janeway, I really love you, Janeway, but you're a fucking idiot sometimes. <laughs> 
And Janeway is like, if you're not going to help us, you can go sit in your quarters like a bad girl. And Seven of Nine's like, fine. I'll be in the cargo bay. But she doesn't hang out in the cargo bay. She realizes as the Herogen board the ship and kill the fuck out of everybody. We see at least two yellow shirts get it right off the bat. Mm. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's ever clear if they're killed or stunned or what. Man. You know? yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not in the official kill list. Yeah, we don't know for sure. But at any rate, the Herogen are swarming the ship. They're trying to figure out a way to get 8472 out. And uh, 7 of Nine's like, fuck this. And transports everybody, including 8472, to a Herogen ship. Where and there'll be like, no triple at all! No <laughs> triple at all. <laughs> and um, so 8472 Eight zero six, whatever. Five three zero nine. Well, I was trying to remember. Um, I was trying to remember Valjean's number. Oh, oh God. no, fucking clue. Yeah, well, if Eddington was here, he'd know. True. Anyway, the point is, uh, Seven gets them the fuck out and saves the ship in doing so. I mean, they were fucked. Everything was. We were out of order. We were having technical difficulties. Technical Nothing, difficulties. Technical difficulty. Nothing was working. And mm-hmm. we've already got two casualties. Maybe dead, maybe not. And instead of being like, wow, Seven, you were the hero of the day by using your individuality to save all of our fucking lives. Jane Way is like, you've been very bad and I'm rescinding all of your... All of your... Um, treats. <laughs> yeah, treats, but... Um, Access. No, well, that's not the word I wanted. Um, privileges. That's it. Yes, thank you. I'm rescinding all of your privileges, and you can go. You can still play in the lab that we're letting you play in, but otherwise, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Play in the play in the cargo. Bay. I told you to be an individual, but I only wanted you to be so much of an individual, and now you're individualing too much. Can she still have her lessons on how to be a person from the doctor? I think whether she wants them or not. <laughs> so how pissed was Harry Kim? Who knows? He was barely in this. <laughs> I know, but, like, a bunch of people got smacked around by 8472, and none of them got horrible fucking oh, face right. goo fucking... True. Well, 8472, in this instance, you know, wasn't trying to kill everyone, it was just trying to go home. No, I know, but still, like, you think he, he was like, really? Fucking... Well, I mean, for all we know, they did, but they just... Since they know they how just to deal with it, with some seven of nine splooge. I think it's funnier if it didn't happen at all. Yeah, just, I think, just to piss off poor Harry. Well, I like to think it did too because the demeanor of the alien in this one, you know, it, it wasn't trying to kill people. It wasn't trying to kill Starfleet people. Right? Yeah, it didn't kill all the people in engineering yeah, it when just, they trapped I itself it just, in there. I think it just was like. Yeah, you know, like I said, it was a frightened animal, and it was trying to, you know, pr- you know, get to a safe place. Yeah, when I first read the synopsis for this episode before watching it, I was ready to pull a Caitlin and flip a table and say, this species, who's supposed to be the newest, biggest, baddest thing of all, they can fuck up Borgs, they can make Harry's face look like that, all this <laughs> stuff, and now it's the weakest little pissant. But no, it's it's they did do a different thing with this one, so I kind of like it also, understood this one's injured and alone. Yeah, it was pretty badly injured. Yeah. So. Because it didn't make it home with the other ones. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the rest of the, the 8472... DGAF. Yeah, yeah, they pulled a real E.T. on him and was like, bye. I mean, you know, they probably just figured he was dead. I mean, here's the thing, though, right? So, Janeway's plan. Which one? To, to send him back well, you know, to... Uh, to send him back oh, to... to open up, uh, to the, open up the a, a portal. Thing. Yeah. They're just gonna, like, dump him into space? 
Because I, I don't I don't think it was implied that species eight four seven two can just survive in floating well, around in fluidic space. They still had their little ships. It was crawling around on their hull. I guess. It's oh, that's different. true. Yeah, I guess it was outside. But maybe is fluidic vacuum. space different? It sounds like it but should it does, be. It, like, it seems like she's making a lot of assumptions. Like, she is. We'll just, we'll just dump it into fluidic Jane space Wayne and it'll be fine. Wasn't that well written this episode? Like, I feel like she was just kind of all over the place. It was like, maybe we can become friends with Herogen. Oh, this isn't working. Maybe we can become friends with Species 8472. Oh, um, wait, no, wait, ah! And then instead she was like, well, we were friends with Seven of Nine, but fuck that bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, she, it's she the felt, Janeway or the highway. She felt a little off this one. I did like her speech about her being in war with the Cardassians mm. and there being a wounded Cardassian in the night in the. It's because you were just picturing woods. she. This because you were just picturing she rescued Galdi. Yes, and but nursed him back to health, and it was very his romantic. Hair. <laughs> mm. But I feel like the difference is, Touch you know, neck. the Cardassians. Mm. Yeah, they're they're you know violent and aggressive and mm. generally jackasses. <laughs> yeah, I feel but, like there's a lot of corollaries to like wars with it, it, the United States and like finding a wounded person from the other side and not killing them. But uh, the Cardassians at the end of the day are still people that you can talk to and reason with and have you know, negotiations with and make peace with. But it, it it strikes me, at least from what we've seen, that 8472 is a force of nature. And they just, they just kill. They can talk to Tuvok now. They This one can. But like when Kess talked to them before, their whole demeanor was just like, no, we're coming to your galaxy and we're going to fuck you up. So watch out. So how you like that, Yeah, well, it's yeah. Like, like the Cardassians too. Like, I feel like the thing with the Cardassians is we learn is like, they had a series of very bad governments, mm-hmm. but the actual people themselves are people. people and can be, individuals can be reasoned with. Yeah. 8472, yeah, up until now they've just been... A mass. Yeah. yeah. And the Herogen don't seem to be anyone that will... We've yet to see them be reasonable in any situation, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, these are just two groups of people. Just assholes. Just, we don't want to deal with them. Yeah, it's like, this is just, you know what, Janeway? This is a case where in neither neither group's case... Yeah, you should, have, usual... you should have let Tony Todd die. Yeah. How long? Left, left him alone. Just be like, yep, oh, there's a stranded Herogen ship. Oh, well. <laughs> Chris, see ya. Chris and Caitlin, how long did it take for you guys to notice that it was Tony Todd under all that makeup? So the voice... I was like... Literally one word, and Jake says, that's Tony Todd. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, if that's... I couldn't remember his name right away. I was like, if that's not... Old Man Jake. <laughs> old Man Jake, I will be shocked. Oh, holy shit. I never noticed that it was him, yeah. so... Yeah, who else was it? Was he a... Uh... Karn. Right, right, right. Yeah, I was like, if that's not him, you could knock me over with a feather. Which one's Karn again? Is that Warf- Warf's brother? Brother yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. he... Blank the memory. Also, yeah. uh, the Sandman, or... Candy. Uh, or Candy, Candy, the Candyman. Yeah. Candyman, that's right, yeah. Candyman? It's I love Tim Hanks. From that movie, The Candyman. Oh, it's like some kind of horror movie, yeah. I'm assuming, the from bees, the name. There's bees. Actually, did uh, they... Oh, they, Chris would love it. <laughs> it only came, they recently had like a sequel slash soft reboot. Mm. I don't know how it did, but he was in it again as The Candyman. Oh, that's oh, the one from the 90s I remember being pretty good. Yeah. I'm not into horror movies, really, so... It, it, I don't know. I, it's been so goddamn long since I've seen it, but I, I remember being... Having a little more depth to it because I mean, it was kind of like it's like an inner city sort of mm. setting. 
And not in the Jason in the Hood kind of way, or yeah, it was a little it was more tasteful. I'm sorry, was there actually something called Jason in the Hood? I don't know. Are you talking called... about Leprechaun in the Hood? Because I feel like <laughs> oh yes, it was Leprechaun. Because <laughs> I'm pretty in the sure hood. Leprechaun oh, had an in the hood. But I still I don't think they called it that. But I still think there <laughs> Jason was like Voorhees. A... He's not just a fucking psycho killer. He's also racist. Well, the thing is though, is I think there may have also I mean, been probably. like a yeah. Uh, a, I think there may have been a, a Jason Voorhees movie where they were like, it's in the city now for some reason. When they and there were, were a like lot of in the hood. Stereotypes. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I might be wrong. I might be just. I hope you're right. Conflating that, that with the awful. leprechaun. <laughs> uh, Tony, Tony Todd. Yes. I like Tony Todd in this, but I yeah. like Tony Todd in everything. Oh, well, yeah, so. no. He, the man, I, it occurred to me, he's like, I wonder if he's ever done audiobooks. I would listen to him mm. read things. He's got a great voice. He does. I didn't care for the look as much as I liked the look of the, the Hirogen with all of their face accoutrement and stuff. Mm. When he takes the helmety thing off and the face thing off, I'm like, oh yeah, you're kind of weird looking. They have funny little... They, they, they're almost like... Their faces are so soft, they're borderline cute. They look like a coral reef. like Or like... Mm. A, I thought they had like turtle face almost. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. Turtle yeah, face. Yeah, that's what it is. Or like a lizard or... Yeah, something. Something like that. Yeah. Something adorable that I want to protect from extinction. Yeah. You know? yeah, not a huge hulking going to murder you jerk. I think it's interesting though that, that they're... Like, other than breathing apparatus, they don't need any other like vacuum protection to mm-hmm. be outside. Well, yeah. it sounds like they were saying that they're... I, I thought that that was the point of their armor, wasn't he? Well, but still, like, a big chunk of his like, face. Yeah, his oh yeah, his like face. Yeah, good a, point. He didn't have like a helmet on. He just had his little his little breather. I, yeah, Perfect like killing machine. It, it could be they can survive longer than people, but would eventually need to. No, he once chased a something into a collapsing star or some shit. Well, yeah, I once chased a rat or, or a mouse through Jeffrey's tube seven A. Yeah, nice job, five. Paris. You tool. Oh, I like that line. I thought it was cute. I, I was trying I'm to. Helping. I was trying to figure out if it's just a story he told for shits, like a, a joke, or if like because I can't. I was like, okay, but like, how would a mouse get on the ship? Well, I, I said, like, it wouldn't be, they have to replicate the mouse had, and be like, <laughs> my theory <laughs> just, was, like, it was let it go. Somebody's pet that got out because mm. there's really no good reason for them to have a mouse, and I'm not sure how one would have gotten on board. I just, you know, maybe Starfleet's enlisting them. Maybe they were playing tag. We don't know. That'd be great, actually, if there was, like, a really small species. Because then it'd be like, oh, God, we don't have to go crawl around Jeffrey's tube. Send the little sentient ma- sapient mouse. Hmm. Stuart Little in space. <laughs> I wonder if the Borg have ever assimilated anything really diminutive like that. Like a, like a little... Like a little... If, if they won't take the Kazon, they won't take any, like... Well, that's because the Kazon well, we don't know if they're, you know, I'm Mice saying, like, are probably more like useful little, than Kazon. Like, okay, like, the thing that was inside the jeweler... In Men in Black, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. like diminutive is in small. Yeah, like a yeah. Very okay, small okay. alien. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. There, there is that um, that that uh, Scotty's friend from the Kelvin verse. There, they're they're pretty small. He is a little guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. See, also so space acid. Like a little a little Borg alcove with a little tiny oh. lightning bolt thing. <laughs> The galaxy's on Orion's belt. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, this, this episode was fine. Yeah, but I, it I, didn't I really spark much thought for I'm, me. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I think the the debate between Janeway and Seven gets interesting because the yeah. two of them, like, they spell out their sides of the, the, the debate very well. And, you know, Janeway's point at the end, like, I don't fucking care if you were right. I don't care if you did what you think was, was going to help the ship the most. I'm the captain and you disobeyed my order. To which... 
Seven says, yeah, but I'm not technically, like, Starfleet or fuck all. Yeah, I'm, I, you're mad because I'm not agreeing with your ethics. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, there is something to be said for that, for, for uh, Seven's point. Yeah. Like, you know, that, yeah, there's a chain of command here, but sometimes Janeway's fucking wrong. Sometimes yeah. she makes the wrong call. And all these Starfleet fucking sheep will just go along with it. So sometimes mm-hmm. you need somebody to kind of shake it up. Shake it up. Now, I think, you know, I think Janeway's right in punishing Seven because, yeah, she, 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 you know, defied those orders. She, she went against what she was needed to do. Uh, she seems harsh. Can you do yeah. that to a civilian, though? Like, if, like, if there's the... civilians on your crew. I mean, hmm. there, should she have had that access in the first place is really the best question. I mean, hmm. should Khan have been able to be poking around the schematics of the Enterprise? The answer is no. <laughs> being it's fair, always no. Being fair, you had to brainwash two higher-up officers to get the security access he needed. Oh, I think we're talking about space scene. <laughs> I was talking about oh, space. Kirk here. just gives it to him because of you know. Those yeah, pets. take a look. You need to uh, catch up. Yeah, that was that was stupid too. <laughs> That's the thing. It's oh, like, you're a superhuman with extra strength and you're wicked intelligent. Yeah, by all means. And just in case you were wondering, there's a fucking exhaust port. And you could just shoot a missile right down, and it would fuck us all up. Have a nice day, idiot. But yeah, it's a phaser. But yeah, like there is kind of a question of like, like does does Neelix have that level of access? Can he? theoretically just do whatever he wants probably but he, i don't think he necessarily has the the know-how to do that seven would maybe like neelix can barely make chili <laughs> neelix well, can barely make mice that crawl around his let, kitchen let's be Yuck. fair good chili isn't easy you know that how long have you spent perfecting your chili i've used the same recipe since high school <laughs> Shush. <laughs> I got it off of allrecipes.com. Okay, but how long did that person spend perfecting their chili? We don't know. Mm, we may never know. I don't know. I think it's easy to forget, though, that Neelix, like, yeah, would he be on her level? No, no, because she had countless species knowledge jammed into her brain. But he does have more technical ability than I think we sometimes remember just because he was running his own little ship for so long. Well, also, don't forget that, like, a good chunk of the crew on Voyager are Maquis. True. So, like, they're all, they're not Starfleet either. They, they've been, like, made honorary Starfleet. They get to wear the, the pajamas, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I, I think Seven and Nine is just, you know, that's a, that's that's the problem here, is that Janeway still runs the ship like a Starfleet ship and does Starfleet things, like, tries to help people and try to send the, the murderous alien like always monster stupid, back. like wrong people always the wrong worst choice people that she want to help i can um, i can see a little bit trying to get back on the i don't think the herogen have a good side no the less bad well, side. well yeah i can see that <laughs> i can see helping out the herogen but then to, okay all right we're gonna help out the herogen but now we're going to also try to help out 8472 and those two goals are in direct conflict with one another. They are. That's what I mean. That That's why the writing felt a little weird here. Like, she's smart enough to know that, like, yeah, these are contradictory Yeah, if you help goals. the Herogen, but then also help 8472, then your help to the Herogen is now moot. Yeah. And but... she picked the side, right? Now, she might have picked the side that has, is morally right, perhaps. Like, maybe it's morally right. What not... would Chakotay do? Chakotay would have, Build the would have blown up everybody. Uh, no, that's Janeway usually. That's true. No, 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 no. Voyager. She, she that's what I'm saying. Her own self. That's what I mean. Everybody. Uh, 
Well, Stephanie Moon says that, too. You're willing to sacrifice yourself for the ship very frequently. She loves it. It's her favorite. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know. I think uh, once she got on the Herogen train and decided she was going to help that guy, she basically excluded helping 8472, even though at the time she didn't know that 8472 was there. But Yeah. But the other problem, too, is just like, what was her solution going to be? The ship was completely fucked. I know. I like, loved Seven at the end saying, I saved the ship. And Janie says, you don't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, no, we, we, we know we're pretty sure, way. stupid. We do. Yeah, this was, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that it's an easy thing. Like, you know, yeah, you had to do something because you do. But I would love to hear what her plan was going to be. Like, their ship was fucked. God knows how long it took to repair that damage. Hmm. Like, yeah, was sacrificing the terrifying space monster the right thing? Not morally, I guess, but I don't know what else was going to happen at that point. Mm. Sometimes you have to roll the hard six. Feed them some of Neelix's chili. <clears throat> that would have taken care of the problem. Somehow, I'm going to say, between these two episodes, not enough Neelix. Mm. Like, they... There's, like, barely any Neelix. Yeah, there was none in retrospect. Right. I I don't know. I think there was a scene he was in and they cut it. No, no, he's in retrospect. He's not. Oh, no, you're right. He was in this one. They were like, like, Neelix, get your gun, and that was was it. barely in Prey when he gets what he's always wanted, which is to be on the security team, and then we don't even show him do anything. No. Shame. I, I was looking forward to that. Yeah. Party in the brig. <laughs> I had the perfect button for this episode, and I was shocked they didn't use it. Because, you know, Seven is grounded and pouting, mm. and Janeway leaves and says, Well, you have a great time in, in your cargo unit, young lady. And Janeway walks off, and say, Seven somehow doesn't bring back the great line from earlier that she says the doctor, which is, Have a pleasant day. <laughs> and I wanted it so much. That would have been good. Yeah, because that, that Doctor plot really didn't go anywhere after that. Scene. No, that was just because they fell like a minute and a half short or something. <laughs> well, don't we get a little more of their role playing in the next episode? Or am I making that up? Oh, he I, we get he mentions scenes. it in passing. Oh, yeah. is that what it was? Yeah, he well, mentions like, I didn't give you boxing lessons or some such. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, then there's retrospect. There is. In retrospect, we are doing a little trading with an Atheran trader named Coven. COVID-19. COVID-19. Every time they said COVID, I was like, COVID. I did that too. Every time. Every time. See, I didn't have that just because in high school I knew a guy who that his surname was COVID. Okay. And he was a big Trek fan. I kind of like the name COVID. That's a nice, that's a good name. Thanks for listening, COVID. So basically we're buying some weapons or we're trading for some weapons from COVID and he's installing a new cannon and Seven of Nine gets sent to help him. And while he and Seven of Nine are kind of bickering about the best way to install said cannon, he like fucking grabs her by the arm and like shoves her out of the way and she socks him in the face, which is awesome. And fractures or breaks or does some damage to his weird spindly nose bones. And, um, you know... They're like, you're a very bad girl again. And she has to go. It's a good week for seven to be a bad girl. It's the fucking worst. And Janeway's like, I don't know what to do with you. I tell you, we have had this conversation. So she reminded me of my fucking former boss. Oh. So sick of having these conversations. 
Eh. And I was just like, I hate you, Janeway. You're a fucking bitch. Anyway, this is just me harboring resentment. Again, I really do like Janeway most of the time. Caitlin, punching their coworkers in the face at work a lot. <laughs> well, listen, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> gotta get the job done. Anyway, let's see. So... Seven goes to sick bay and the doctor's like, oh, your levels are really high. Are you like stressed out right now? And she's like, yeah, I guess I'm still a little stressed. And he's like, well, maybe we should see if you're repressing some memories. Oh, no, that's because he starts to do a, sorry, that we don't just jump immediately to that. She starts to have a panic attack during some scans because she's like bolted down to the table and she just has some like flashbacks and freaks out. So the doctor's like, well... I've programmed myself to be a genius psychologist, so I guess I'll take a crack at I'm a, this. I'm a hypnotist now, and you're a chicken. Says seven of nine. So, <laughs> thank you, Jake. I see you trying not to laugh. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> good one, Caitlin. A good joke indeed. Um. So, anyway, so he gets this idea that he's going to do this, and so he does, and... He reveals, question mark, that Seven may have been a fucking victim to every Star Trek writer's favorite fucking thing, which is like, let's violate women. That's what we love to do. And in her memories that they sort of pull back, she's like remembering that while Paris and uh, Seven were on planet with Coven checking out some new guns, he like may or may not have been accessing her nanobots or whatever the fuck they're called and like taken some out of her and used them to like borgify somebody else and she's anyway so the doctor is immediately like oh my god your individual per you know you've been violated this is awful this won't stand you should be mad so seven gets mad he like pu pushes her into getting mad which is great and he goes and everybody's like well i mean like but how was she dressed at the time <laughs> what would you say are you sure do you have any evidence can we prove it I don't know. So they start doing an investigation. They first talk to Coven and they're like, did you uh, did you get your grimy hands on her nanobots while uh, she was back there with you? Did you shoot her, knock her out with a phaser gun machine, and then steal all her bots? And he's like, no, I didn't do any of that. And they're like, well, we're going to have to look into this. So they call a magistrate from Coven's homeworld and he shows up and they're like looking through his little laboratory and they're like well there is some nanobots over here yeah but it might have just been from when she got shot it discharged by accident I don't know uh, so they're looking around no evidence no evidence and I mean I guess finally they decide that they're gonna test to see too, I want to say that uh, the doctor notices that, like, the nanobots are regenerating, so they oh, obviously yeah. must have been, you know, Cause used. Because they, they right, should have right. been, yeah, because they should have been um, dormant. dormant while they were in Seven, I guess. So they finally get the brilliant idea to try, like, using the same type of energy to, like, stimulate, or to simu simulate and stimulate, really, um, Seven's hand where she had been shot to see what would happen, and wouldn't you know it, if she had been shot by that type of energy weapon, it would have made her nanobots start, you know, waking up and regenerating. So, uh, now, even though we were firmly, well, some of us were firmly in the, you know, Seven is a victim and she needs to, you know, um... She needs to see justice. We're sort of now not in that camp anymore. Meanwhile, Coven has fled and we're chasing him down and he fucking dies. Big time dies. Dies in the high speed chase. Yep. Yep. Death by cop. 
And they were trying to get him and be like, no, like, we just want to talk to you. We don't think you did it anymore. And he's like, no, fuck you. You definitely think I did it. And he's like, they're like, no. And he dies. And then they're like, well, Seven, I guess maybe what we were actually seeing was repressed memories from when you were, like, on a Borg ship. Turns out, like, Coven touching your arm this time was maybe not the most traumatic thing that ever happened in your life. Wild. And anyway, what I'm saying is I hate this episode. This is a very difficult episode. This was not the right place for this story. What is? I don't know, but not an episode of fucking 90s Star Trek. Yeah, I know the the writers, at least they, they kind of said what we specifically did was we removed anything overtly sexual from it. so that pe- Because people just made that connection automatically because that's what you do. Yeah, I mean, what else were you going to do? Of course everyone starts to think about violation. They are about rape and sexual whatever. They kept saying, you were violated. He violated you. Like, what the fuck else are you going to think? I mean, Especially with, I mean, Star Trek's history. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this might be, is this the first, not rape, but vi- violate kind of rapey episode of Voyager? Because TNG had one, like, like that's true. Deanna like, got raped, mind times. raped, or whatever, like, so many fucking times. So, they've definitely toned it back since then. I mean, there's the Pon Far episode. Well, the, yes, there was that. I mean, that's but weren't we mind raping Kess a little bit uh, for well, a while? There, there was that... Not we, not us. (laughs) Yeah, not us. We didn't do it. Uh, No, there was that, yeah, there was that guy that was... Oh, yeah, like forced his way into her mind and shit. So that's pretty... The thing is, even if you remove overtly sexual anything, like, we all know what allegory is. It's gonna be there even if you don't uh, make it... He had a run for vice president. Oh, Christ. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. It was a joke. I'm sorry, it was a joke. See, here's the other, here's the flip side of, of this episode, in that the writers were mostly trying to make a comment on false memory syndrome and how it's bullshit, because it's, like, recovering, me- like, the, the, the techniques in square quotes to recover false memories are utter bullshit, and they're not recognized by basically any psychological unit. Um, yeah, and they've led to, like, a lot of innocent people going to jail. Well, the brain is, like, very susceptible to suggestion. Exactly, exactly. Like, it's hard enough to remember what you remember. When people start asking and questioning what you remember, it's like... Like, I've had times even where I know with no doubt that I'm telling the truth about something, and I start to go, like, fuck, and, like, question what I've said, because I'm like, I know that I've told you exactly what happened, and I know I'm not lying, but you are making me think I am lying, the brain is really good at that shit. So, it so there's fucking a, you around. There's a funny story. From, no, I guess it's not that funny. But it's a story from my childhood, from my teenage years. Me and my friends had gone to the mall, and we went... They, remember those candy stores? Sugar Heaven or something like that? Yeah, One of the like ones that, that would have, like, all big bags of candy. And, and you would just... Yeah. Yeah. You well, would scoop it out and... I had bought... This wasn't from the scoop out section, but they had... They were selling, like, pre-packaged bags of just the bananas from runts okay which are the best flavor i do like banana runts i'm with you yeah they were good yeah so it was just the bananas like holy shit and i like my dad loved them i love them so i bought like this this two pound bag of just bananas and then we went to the movies after the mall and you brought your bananas and i brought bananas and i and i had been eating them and i was like oh shit they're not gonna let me bring this into the movie so i said to my friend i said hey do you mind if i put this big bag of bananas in your purse and we can and we'll sneak it into the movie and she's like yeah okay 
So put the put the bag of bananas in her purse, and then somehow in the parking lot of the movie theater, something happened, and they all spilled out of the purse. No, and they're all over the ground. Oh and, no, and I lost the entire bag no. of bananas, and I was so upset, and it was a disaster. And, and like this was the story for many many years. And then one time I was talking to a different friend, a friend who was there that night, and we were just having a conversation. He starts telling the story. He says, and this is him speaking. He goes, oh, do you remember that time, Jake, where I, where we went to the movies and I had that bag of bananas and I put it in Amy's bag and then it fell on the ground? I was like, no. I remember that night, but they were my bananas. And I got him. He says, no, no, no. They were my bananas. I bought the bananas at that weird candy store. And, and like we got into this argument because we both were absolutely certain. Mm-hmm. So that, did, did you ask your friend with the purse who it was? Uh, we, I, we'd lost touch by then. So to this day, I don't know. Like, I, I, I have a very clear, distinct memory of buying the bananas, putting them in her purse, and having the purse spill out. My friend, Dana, has the exact same memory, only it's him. And never the twain shall meet. Wow. That's actually fascinating that you also bring it up, you know, that it's at a mall. Because I know right before watching this episode, I was looking into the lost in the mall technique by psychologist Elizabeth Elizabeth Luftus, who is someone who studies why people misremember these things, why the memory is so freaking malleable that you can basically make it think things that are entirely wrong. Mm. And she and her, I want to say grad student or somebody, created this technique saying, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to tell, you know, our, I think they experimented on like their family or something and said, Okay, family, here's five five memories that from the past. Remember everything about them. Tell me what you remember from these five memories from the past. And the memories were, you know, five things, one of which never fucking happened. Hmm. And the experimentees in this in this case, you know, read them off. They're, they're actually giving more detail than, than was provided in the original examples because they remembered this stuff, including for the example that was false. Hmm. Because... Since it was on the paper, they've started remembering it as if it were real and filled in the rest of the details themselves. And were and when they were told one of these isn't real, a quarter of them didn't think that was the fake one because the mind is just so suggestible. Well, the mind spends a lot of time filling in what we don't know anyway. Like my understanding is, is like with visuals and stuff, it will fill in a lot of like what you expect is happening over here. But if you can't see it, it's still like, oh, yeah, that's happening over there. So maybe it's just a byproduct of that already sort of being how the brain works. Filling in lots of gaps. I don't know. I'm a psychologist. Do you know that? <laughs> no. Call Always me Dr. Oz. Doctor. And I think the point is that memory is very, very fallible and should never be trusted. Yeah, the fact that the doctor was using hypnosis, notoriously nonsense, um, as if, oh, I just read this thing from the from the banks, and we don't have a counselor on this ship. Why don't we have a counselor on this ship? Why does the doctor have to learn it by, like, reading a book? I assume there was a counselor and... And they died when well, they the also, caretaker happened. Yeah, they were also like supposed to be on a short jaunt. Yeah. Maybe they, they were they were going to be picking up a new counselor next week, but next week never happened. On the other hand, uh, the doctor's career as an X-rated hypnotist may be you yes. know about to blow up. Although it is funny that he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been writing a new subroutine, Doc. Last time you did this, you Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde yourself. <laughs> what are you doing?" I mean, I just don't. Yeah. I mean, I think it. Uh, I think the doctor solution was like, no, re- you know, do a factory reset was not right. No, mm-hmm. but 
Dude's got to have some fucking self-restraint here. Well, he's got to, like, like... He needs a staff. <laughs> well, yeah, like, last time... That isn't Tom. This went horribly wrong. He should have been like, I want to give myself a counselor subroutine, which, reasonable, hmm. because they don't have a counselor. But he should have gone to Harry or Balana and been like, someone help me with this? Because last time I gave myself multiple personalities, but he still did it on his own. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. So scathing. But I do think it is kind of rich, though, for the Star Trek writers to be like, oh, let's start calling out pseudoscience yeah. when there's so many fucking episodes of Star Trek where hypnosis and sleep talking to monsters, uh, they just hand with so much pseudoscience on Star Trek. Right? That's that's a fair point. And like, to pick like this one to, is just, it's a little yeah, rich. Yeah, really, this is the... This is the hill you die on, eh? Well, this, yeah. this again, this was like something that needed way more subtlety and nuance and delicacy than I think television, at least 90s network television, could handle. Well, I knew as soon as the second the doctor was like got was so on his high horse about yeah. oh you've been violated oh we must bring justice to this no you're the victim seven like as soon as they started that like i was like okay it's gonna turn out that the guy's innocent well grady has never done it it's true M- murder she wrote oh, joke i didn't oh, get it okay. so yeah I mean... the, the 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 guy was played by jessica the guy who played jessica's nephew who multiple times throughout the series was wrongfully accused of things like every and, time i wonder if that was like an inside joke to cast know. him in this role. No, no. He'd also been a random security officer on the Enterprise E in First Contact. Mm. Cool. I will say, they start off the episode, I think, fairly strong in that when Seven and, and the Doctor bring this to everyone's attention, they treat it with seriousness, and they say, the first thing we're going to do is corroborate this story. Yeah. That's what, good. That's exactly yeah. what you should do. Yeah. Why Janeway is in charge of the investigation and not Tuvok, I don't understand. And why she was the one interviewing Coven. Yeah. Clueless. Yeah. Why Tuvok didn't seem to do more was bizarre. Yeah. And also, like for, like, every so often when they're trying to figure out this story, it's like, Tuvok just mind meld somebody. Let anybody. <laughs> mind meld me. I'll be more useful than any of these fucking I mean, people in the room. That's a great fucking point. Why didn't anybody mind meld uh, Seven? Well, Seven's mind we don't understand. Coven's mind might have something in it. I feel like if Spock can mind meld a nomad <laughs> or a fucking cloud or V'ger, then we can mind meld Seven of Nine. It's possible. Whatever happened... To that lie detector test from Wolf in the Fold, yeah. son of I mean, a that's bitch. Just, that's just another piece of pseudoscience. That, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. There's a lot of. But also, the episode never actually. For all that they they present the other thing, you know, like it's weird because again, they just they they swing so wildly. Like the minute they were like, "Oh, this pulse could have caused her nano things to activate," instead of being like, "Oh, maybe." Shit, there's there's potentially some proof for his nope. side. Automatically innocent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what they never address again is it does seem like whatever mental block she had was put there artificially. Yeah, that, that seems that, kind that, of that important. Yeah, they never but that, that up. goes away. It's like, and again, he, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Again, I, mm, this was not. These weren't the people to write this episode. This wasn't yeah. the. This wasn't the the platform yeah, for this, it. This subject matter was, I think, too delicate for them. Yeah. I don't know if having it be maybe one of the male characters that it happened to would have softened it more or what. I, I Harry. Think, always Harry. I think if they wanted to make 
to to make a point about false memories, I don't know. You just shouldn't have done any kind of like violation. Mm-hmm. You should have found something yeah, it else. Been, it should have been like a, a murder or something like that. So some of these banana like, runs, like you know, we've done a lot of false murders. Yeah, yeah so. that's true. That would have like, been again, the same as stupid Tom Paris one. I don't have a great solution, but. This wasn't it. <laughs> like, again, just have it be maybe someone... You, maybe, maybe there was an accident. There we go. A shuttle A shuttle goes down. Someone, some poor fucking extra dies. And they've got to, like, maybe Tom doesn't remember what happened. And they try to bring it back. And mm. he's like, oh, God, did I... Was it me? Did I fuck up? Or was it the system or something? Okay, but you know? what if we make it the episode that he first was in as, like, Space Cadet, whatever the fuck, <laughs> and it's that again, like... Mm. I feel like similar ground was trodden in that TNG episode with Mark Margolis, where Riker is accused of, of murdering him. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they do the, they do the whole yeah the whole uh, how do you remember thing. that shit yeah, you're an amazing fucking clue matter of perspective yeah I feel like that episode trod similar ground with the whole you know different memory yeah thing. that yeah. one was interesting because you also had Troy there saying both parties are speaking what they think is true yeah well she didn't she was just guessing <laughs> <laughs> she didn't fucking also, know yeah. I think I think this was done. I think everything was buttoned up very nice, and I think that things were... Yeah. Everything was just too damn convenient. Yeah. The fact that you had Coven fleeing and then, like, f- fighting back, which makes sense because there's a line earned in the episode where he's like, even being accused of a crime will ruin my, my business and ruin my life. <laughs> if only that were true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shit. Well, I mean, I mean, he's it's, he gets, you know... I'm in the real world. Oh, yeah. Okay, True. I don't know, man. What about cancel culture? <laughs> that's that's the other thing. Is if again, cancel they, culture were real, oh God. we would have been canceled by now. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> People have to listen to you before you're canceled. <laughs> oh, Oof. shit. But that's yeah. the thing. Is, that's another thing, of course. Is like At the time, there had been some high-profile cases of false memory. Whereas now, it's you know 20-odd years later, and we're dealing more in the aftermath of like everyone is awful. Yeah, that's true. Like, so maybe it it, it yeah. played a little better twenty odd years ago. True, because watching it today, you're thinking you're thinking me too. You're me thinking too. me too, yeah. and like, okay, he does sound like a cancel culture guy. He does, and, yeah. it's, and, it, and like, why are we, you know, letting? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's yeah, hard. but I feel like even at the time, though, it, it, ugh, 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 ugh. I don't. I mean, I didn't mind it. I just think it was a little ham fisted. Um, yeah, it felt they they didn't seem to have a point that they were making. Not really. So they didn't make one. Yeah, that's and a good like way at to the end, it. I felt most bad for Seven. I mean, I felt oh, bad, yeah. I felt bad for the guy that died, but I also felt bad for Seven because she, because of the doctor fucked up. Yeah, see, yeah. I mainly felt angry at Doctor. Yeah, Doctor fucked up. He basically has left her in a position where she legitimately believes, true or not, that she had this. Violation. Violation. Right. And, and yet nobody now, else believes her. And now the guilt of this guy's death is on her head. She's got the guilt of the death and like... Although, again... Janeway was giving her dirty looks and shit at the end. And I'm like, no. But also, again, like, again, this is like Janeway fucks up week. Maybe... And then gives you a stern lecture about it. Maybe, Janeway, if you'd taken Baldi's advice and disabled Grady's ship... Baldi. 
Uh, the the magistrate magistrate okay. there. Like he was like, disable my ship's like, no no, evasive maneuvers. Like maybe if you disabled his ship, he wouldn't have blown himself up, dumbass. Like really, again. Yeah, but like, you know how she loves blowing up ships. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a bad week for Janeway. They fucked up writing her it's in both of these episodes. It's so convenient that he had you know a scattering field going. Yeah, like I don't know. Come on, guys. Like I don't. I still think he might have done it. He seems like a piece of shit. Yeah, if he didn't do that, he did something else that was shit. Yeah. I mean, he's a weapons dealer, for Christ's sakes. He's a bad person. He's got real, like, Don Jr. vibes, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, but that's what we're forgetting. The man is literally an arms dealer. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this guy. Also, why are we buying guns from this guy? Why, why are we... Because uh, the corrosion don't like us now. And yeah, he has super selling, guns. And we're selling, like, Federation technology... I think it was just maps. Yeah, they say it's no, also no, they were given by I- isolated chips. chips. Oh, well, I think those are a dime a dozen. Also, on Voyager, I thought Voyager didn't have isolated chips. I thought it had neural gel packs. Maybe that's why they could trade them. Well, I mean, the, the core uses packs, oh, but they probably still use the chips. I guess we've for seen the chips. Being and chips. It, it could be they already have something that's equivalent to an isolated chip, so it's like not violating the Prime Directive, maybe. How many. Ounces of biomimetic gel. <laughs> well, don't slip don't under ask, the table. Don't ask Julian; he'll never give it to you. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was probably going to be really hard to keep these people's foreheads clean because it's just full of little pockets. They must have. They, they must sell like little brushes. Say, they, 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 they've got to use Q-tips on those. Just yeah. to get in there. A little suction. Mm, maybe that, yeah. They've little oh, some... like one of those uh, dentist like water picks. Just oh, go. there you go. They're using micellar solution to clean their their wrinkles, like their pugs. Mm. Yeah, but these guys because these guys had like wrinkles, but then like they had a bone or something. Yeah, something it, going through. Very complicated nose. Yeah, that, that was, was a weird, one. A weird nose. I could have like they didn't have like breathe. jewelry hang from it or something. Well, he was a dude. Maybe the women do or something. Yeah, we saw we saw a woman in Al Pacino. Well, she also could be. But, yeah, but that was an imaginary been, woman. The doctor there you invented. Go. There you go. Oh God! Uh, I'm also surprised it didn't like that little weak bone through it didn't snap in half and <laughs> seven punch him in the face. Seriously? Well, yeah, I thought that was probably what would have broken. So what it actually broke? His snout. Something I don't remember what the doctor said. Yeah. But I, I mean, as much as that guy seems like a piece of shit, mm-hmm. if assuming that he's innocent, assuming that he did not actually assault... Right, right. Innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Assume, that. Uh, making that assumption, it's a broad assumption, but let's just go with it for a minute. Imagine this situation from his perspective, that he made a deal with these people. Mm-hmm. He was... Making good on his end of the deal, and in the middle of it, he gets punched by some broad, and then accused of this horrible violation that he didn't commit, as far as he, you know, from his view. So, in a sense, it's a fucking tragedy for everybody involved. Everybody, nobody won in this episode. Every time, like, the, I think Janeway and or Tuvok was telling him, like, oh yeah, it'll be a, a an unbiased investigation. And then they bring the doctor, and the doctor's like, he totally did it! And yeah, they look, should... here's all kinds of reasons why! Yeah, bringing him was a mistake, because he was clearly already super biased. Yeah. It should have just been left to Tuvok. Exactly. Maybe Neelix can help. He's a security officer now. You know, honestly, he he might have been able to keep his feelings out of it. He's reliable. Yeah, this I didn't even realize that we've been talking about. It. Like this this episode completely ignoring the existence of the mind meld. Yeah. Yep. Inexcusable. The yep. show. Let's I, be honest, I, I wrote it several times in my notes. Star- he mind melded a whale for fuck's sake. Star Trek I always 
ignores mind melt when it's convenient. I'm going to mind melt through this wall to make that guy think that the door is open and we're escaping. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. A smaller note, what was up with Tom's hair in both of these episodes? Oh, they didn't know it differently? He had, like, severe bedhead both times. Okay, I thought something was different, but I forgot to, like, it looked, look. It looked just floofy. Normally, it's like, it, it doesn't have a Locarno soup, but at least it looks like he's combed it. I mean... Maybe he and Bellana have been yeah, hooking keep up. Bellana keeping him up. I was going to say, I, I think nature was uh, taking its toll on Robbie's hairline, and they maybe the makeup department was like, maybe we make it puffy. Oh, boy. I mean, I've been there. I've, I've watched mine slowly inch backwards, and I did notice in a few of the episodes, like, oh, yeah, he's starting to lose his hair. So clearly some of the makeup department was like, rather than let him go bald with dignity, we're going to make his hair puffy to try to hide it. <laughs> the kids will like it. It will be hip. And that's why you just give him a wig. Yeah. They do that to everybody else. Is Seven's hair her hair? I don't know. Is it's really pretty. I don't and even I like know if how Jane is her back. hair. I've been really that's enjoying true. Seven's hairdo. That's, the thing. Why, that's, like, that's some see, that's great a, board that's technology, thing, that hairdo. From the perspective of like a hair and makeup department, why risk letting your actors have hair? <laughs> Like, just make everyone go bald and put well, a wig no, on no, everybody? No, I mean, you don't have to go bald. No, I mean, shave, I mean. Either that or just, you know, tuck it into the wig. Mm-hmm, get a bald cap and because, like, fix it up. If you want consistency, especially for a character like Seven of Nine, who would not generally, I don't think, style her hair differently I, week to week. I wonder what takes longer, though, just styling their hair or... Getting a convincing wig in place. I don't know. They did it every fucking week for Bev Crusher. I know, which blows my... Ever since you told us that, like, I, like, I just don't I know what to believe and in And now I can't unsee it, because I was like, oh, yeah, that totally is a wig. I never really, I never put it together. Wait, yeah. was it always a wig? or just... It's a wig until, like, season six or seven. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I would love to actually know, like, is it just quicker to just have to style their hair well, instead of... Well, I know of... once a week... At least, because I know uh, Robbie and Garrett have mentioned, like, on their show, they the two of them and possibly other characters whose hair grow uh, need to get it trimmed so that it stays the same throughout the show. Right. So it's, it's a weekly trim. Which is crazy. Least. Their hair would be yeah. growing so on for, the show. for people with longer hair, that's probably a lot more problem. That's probably, why, that's probably why women are often in wigs in these shows. I think the reason why wigs are easier is because you can style them at any time. The actor doesn't have to be in the chair with you to do it. Hmm. Mm. So it's probably easier to prep the wigs the night before than, than you're spending less time in the chair. Well, also, if you're doing anything more complicated, like if you're like set with Seven with her swoopy... And she's got that really tight... in the back Whatever thing. in the back, that fold or anything. Yeah, yeah she's like, got some tight buns in the back, it's hey. true. Yeah, I mean, that might be easier. You know, can you imagine like trying to do... Yeoman Rand's hair. Oh, that was definitely <laughs> a wig. Oh, of course. I mean, that wasn't a wig. That was a hat. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, it's not being a wig. You're right. It's uh, a whole ass structure. There are birds living in there. <laughs> Actually, it's more like a beehive. I know. I just... Uh, just... Yeoman Rand. I don't a... think bees could live in a haircut. I think a bird could probably nest in one. <laughs> Man, Yeoman Rand, your tea's always so good. Where do you get the honey? Oh, I don't know. Shut up. Yeah. Is there all this hair in your tea? It's better that way. Actually, Bo- not Beaumont. Bergamot. What the fuck was his Beauregard. name? Beauregard. Beauregard, he made the honey. Good old Bergamot. <laughs> Bergamot, the plant monster. Earl Grey, Bergamot. <laughs> with Beauregard. Two more minor notes. I thought the the scene in which EMH and Tuvok are in 
Coven's lab, mm. scanning around, looked the most like grown men playing with toys that I've seen on this show yet. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yes, scan that. Scanning, sir. I'm like, wow, this looks goofy. I didn't notice, but now I... There was just to... something about it, because normally, like, they play with tech all the oh, time. Oh, constantly. Like, and they and make us believe it. And that's a testament to their fucking acting. Yeah. But this one scene, like, literally it's, oh, test it over there, doctor. Okay, scan, scan, scan. Hmm, nanoprobes. Uh, I, I could not get over it. It looked real dumb. Like, I would have expected to do, like, a cutaway shot of, like, them... Ho- you know how, like, I feel like there was other times when they, like, hover a light over something and you'd see, like, little sparkling things. Yeah, and, yeah. Like that. Oh, look, there's... Nan- like, we didn't... We just took their word for that they were nanoprobes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Couldn't throw a light. handful of glitter down and make us believe yeah. the illusion? Come on. <laughs> I feel like everything in that laboratory scene was, like, just stuff that they found in storage... Like the, the the weapons. Well, the oh god, I forgot about that. The, but remind me to talk about that in a minute. But like the yeah the the they had that um div, that contraption that is in like uh, every the Star Trek the blinky yep. light thing. It's in every Star Trek. It's in like every, so many science in, fiction. Yeah, films. it's in like the last Starfighter, and it was in, it was on regular one. It might even be an airplane too, for Christ's sakes. It's like it's like a thing with two tubes of fluorescent red lights. Red lights that, yeah. that they like go in a cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, just it, it's 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 like the Wilhelm scream. Once you've yeah. noted it, you see it everywhere. Yep, it is. It is so. I just... don't think I've ever. Chris will find it. I think there's even a name for this specific. Oh, I'm sure there is. That has just been in every movie for the last 40 years. Maybe it's just the Wilhelm. <laughs> just the Wilhelm and this is the uh, Wilhelm. But yeah, screen. it was in the lab. And I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a this is a you know a raid storage closet set. Yep, it's it's in airplane too. There it is. Show yep. us, show us. Oh, okay. That thing. It's just the two tubes with the red lights. Yeah, the general been, science MacGuffin. Yeah, it's in so many Star Treks. It's in all kinds of science fiction things. It's cool looking, and I'm sure when it was built in the 70s, yeah. they were like, wow, this is really cool. It's, we should we should keep this. We could find, use it again someday. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's bright. It's just somewhere in... It may not even be in the Paramount back lot. It may belong to some like prop company that rents it out. It's mm. everywhere. kind of want to build my own now. Ooh. Should we make a tiny one? Yeah, there you go. Oh, I'd, I'd totally buy a little one to put on my desk, especially if it actually lit up. Yeah, Let's yeah. Get on it. Jake? Some company or Jake. It probably exists. Eagle Moth was going to make one. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, they weren't. Sad face. All right, I want to li- li- live it on one line, because I know as as fucking obstinate as, J- as Janeway has been these two episodes, she had this one really good line that I love. Not even a line. She had this one really good delivery that I liked, and that's that, I want to say Coven, but it could have been somebody else, saying, are you willing to sacrifice our negotiations for this, what, are you, what do you call it, based on one crew member's delusions? Mm. And Janeway, without fucking flinching or missing a beat, just says, yes. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's... Good. That's a good Janeway moment. It is. Also, Jake, since you reminded me, what the fuck was that gun? That Blue looked thing? like that looked like the core of an auric vacuum <laughs> with a tube stuck on it. And I fucking love they made Tom say, "Oh, it's easier to handle than our rifles." No, it isn't. Yeah, it There's no obvious handle. You can tell he's having trouble holding it. <laughs> Why did they design this Maybe this way? Maybe it was really light, <laughs> like, like the I, auric vacuum. <laughs> I swear, like I am sure, if I looked it up, that is like I'm sure they stuck the tube on. But that is totally, like, the core of a fucking pool pump or something. Mm. And whoever decided, yes, let's use this to represent a gun that is easier to handle than a gun with a clear handle. 
Oh my god. I got so distracted <laughs> by how uncomfortable the rest of the episode made me, I forgot how stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid that gun was. I, oh. That's not even accurate, he said. Yeah, it's shit. Like, of course it's not accurate. You gotta fucking hold it by cuddling it like a... It's like trying to fucking hold a dog. You're trying to get into a carrier. It's like you've got a massive, like, kielbasa. (laughs) Yeah. That you're trying to wield. Yeah, it's just, what the fuck? God. (laughs) Don't ever tell Tom that it looks like he's got a huge kielbasa to wield. Because I don't, (laughs) that's not going to go well. (laughs) Belana will tell you otherwise. Yay. What's our segue going to be this week? Speaking of big sausages. Yeah. (laughs) It's time to talk... The cells are like sausages. Oh, Christ. We don't see the cells this week. Fuck! Speaking of, of alien tech that we get to see and there we go. blowing up ships, let's look over more ships. Let's blow ships up. Are eagle-eyed and eagle-eared. Do eagles have eagle ears? Ooh. Yeah, they have they ears. Must. Well, I mean, yeah. I I mean are they known good, for having they... good? That I don't know. I don't, um, I don't, like, I know owls have crazy good hearing. There you go. For our owl-eared listeners, uh, you'll remember we've been talking about various alien ships for the past couple of weeks. We have a couple more alien ships to talk about for the next next weeks. Uh, this week is going to be various alien ships that we see in Deep Space Nine. Uh, which I we love think... Deep Space Nine. I know Deep you Space do. Fine. That's there right. All right, so we're going to start looking at our Deep Space Nine ships. We saw tons of them from the Alpha Quadrant to the Beta Quadrant to the Gamma Quadrant. Um, we're going to start with our, with my best friends, the Cardassians. We see a Galor class. I think we see some of these in TNG, but I, I put think, them here. But yeah, I mean, when you think Cardassians, you think DS9. Yeah, yeah. It's the ship that, that Dukat flies around in for the first couple of seasons. It's got that long body with a semicircle head and a like little... It's got their neck somehow because yep. it does, and then it's got a little like scorpion tail. At the, end. The, the tail actually kind of reminds me of the front end of the Vorcha class. Oh yeah, but yeah, that's that's the thing. I think that maybe when this ship was designed, they des- figured it would be flying the opposite way that it actually hmm. flies in the show because it, it it's got that same shape that we've seen in you know the Klingon ships, the Romulan ships. The Ferengi ships, we just have like a big fat ass and a long neck, <laughs> and, and it's just kind of flipped around. See, that's the thing though, because Cardassians have thick necks, mm. so you can't. That can't be a Cardassian neck. It's got to be the other way. Well, around. I see. I see this one. So you see, you see like a, a scorpion. I see uh, like a cobra. I see a manta ray. Well, I see a manta ray. I oh, think. I like yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's true. A manta ray. It, whatever it is, it's it's something that's slithery and. Sneaky and... And Cardassian. And Cardassian. I like that. Although I will say, I've never really looked at it from head on, just directly on the side like this, on the bottom of the screen, but uh looks a little weird from the side. Most, every other most angle ships looks do. True. But every other angle looks quite good. It's a good, it's a good design. It's got its own kind of thing going on. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a khaki color, which we don't see an awful lot mm-hmm. in Star Trek. I did figure a Cardassian ship would be like a, like a bluey gray, but... I feel like maybe there's just too many other ships of that color scale. Yeah, it really stands out more as compared, especially compared to Federation ships, which are always that whitish gray. But again, like we were talking about before, you know, the I bet you wherever they source the material for this, that's the color of the ore. You know? Yeah. Hmm. There's a slight variant on the Gaylord class called the Keldon class. Yeah. Which is, and I, I expected just from these pictures, I expected it to be a, a, like a little baby one, but it's actually roughly the same size. Huh. They're close in size. This one's just stockier. Yeah. This one's got some junk in the trunk. <laughs> 
And looking more like a like a minnow fish. Mm. Especially on its side. Yeah, because it's got that taper instead yeah. of the other one, which is just kind of long. Yeah, but to me, this one looks like they took the like a, the model for the Galore class and just bolted some extra shit to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, I love me some Cardassians. They're always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see Ducat's freighter, mm-hmm. the Grumal, when yeah. uh, he's demoted. Yep. That looks like you would break it up like a chocolate bar. Yum. Well, because the idea is these are probably yeah, like they're storage compartments. I, I'm pop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks like a chocolate bar, it though. Looks, it looks like looks like they made it by using an ice cube tray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kinda. that is what it looks but like. It's got a front rather like the tail on the galore. Mm-hmm. Mm. Still Cardassian yellowy browny color, which is good. The wings are weirdly like a, a, a space shuttle, which is a little distracting. Yeah, it's but a they, weird looking motherfucker. They point down too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it strikes me as kind of like a sandworm. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Bajoran. The Bajoran lightship, of course, which is like a butterfly. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so pretty. But built by humans. It's so fucking impractical, but it's so Incredibly. pretty. I mean, it's impractical unless you're an ancient Bajoran who doesn't have electricity. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a good design, though. You know, they, they talk about the fact that Bajor had this old, old culture that we don't really get to see much of because the Cardassians fucked it up. But it is, you know, it's a, it's a ship designed by people who were, you know, artists and relatively peaceful and you know it's 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 as much about aesthetics as it is practicality Mm. didn't that poet guy who went missing in the wormhole he did have one of these he did you're right yeah yeah yeah. i don't think we ever saw it but he said like i was in a light ship and run and and then i ended up talking to the prophets and they think i'm a prophet yeah yeah Yeah, i'm an emissary it's a great it's a great design I'd like it. Yeah, that beauty shot where it like opens up its wingies. Mm-hmm. It's just so <laughs> shiny. It's like the, the Sonar collector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not just, evil. Yeah, but but the same kind of like gold. I think any other color wouldn't look as cool. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I don't know if there's a reason, but I feel like every time solar sails are depicted, they're always this gold color. Yeah. Hmm. Is that because it's easier to pick up light? Or? I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to be like gold foil and that's just very light or I don't know what it is. Yeah, there may be some actual scientific reason I'm for sure, it. I'm sure mylar would be a thing too, right? Because it's like a coated plastic. Done enough conventions to know how to spell mylar. Wait. Melbar. No, I know. Uh, another Bajoran ship that we see uh, earlier in the season, in the in the show, is the Raider ship. I think this is the one that Dax and Kira hop in yeah. when they go to down to Bajor to play dress up as Vedics. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And they hop in this thing, and Dax barely fits because she's tall. <laughs> this this looks like it belongs in the seventies Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that, or Star Wars, or something. It's mm. just like... I think it, it belongs. I think it belongs in NASA. It just looks like an actual practical ship. Well, yeah, it has the big, yeah, it's got this big thruster on the back, you know. Yeah, well, I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah, I'm sure it's not warp capable. Well, yeah, no, because it was just supposed it's to be like a, a short range fighter. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very cute though, because it's also very stubby and small. Mm. Uh, later in the show, uh, Kira gets a Bajoran assault vessel. Which is very like seagull like. Yeah, it looks like a bird. Yeah. It's got like flappy wings. It's got a pointy face. What's interesting is they, like they like clearly vibes or something. Sort of blown up the raider in a way. There's a similar silhouette, but like given it shape, yeah. by making it sort of rounder on the ends and those windows, which kind of brings to mind the badges they wear. It feels mm-hmm. a little more Bajoran and a little less generic, like the raider did. That's a good point. Plus, it's got. 
I'm assuming warp warp pieces coming out of its butt. Possibly. So here's the thing, though. I hate is this, warp is, pieces. Is ship designed for in atmosphere use? Because why does it have wings like that? Those look like pl- airplane wings. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could be that it's designed so that it can work effectively in both atmosphere and space. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, like at least, you know, like the bird of the Klingon bird of prey has like guns on the wing, so you can kind of, and we know that the bird of prey goes in atmosphere too, but yeah. Well, where are the weapons on this thing, do you think? Yeah, I don't see much. Different it's an assault of. vessel. Maybe, maybe these things you can kind of see under the wing. Yeah, they might be. Might something. be something. Yeah. Something on top of the, on top of it, maybe. I don't know. It's still very small, though. It doesn't look much oh, yeah. bigger than a roundabout. Yeah, no, it's not on the huge side. Nope. Alright, let's talk about our Dominion friends. Uh, we're mm. going to start with the Jem'Hadar. They have a couple different ships, but I think the ship we see the most of is the fighter, which just looks like a fucking scarab beetle. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. Yep. I love that it's purple. That makes yep. it very, very distinct. Well, it matches the Jem'Hadar. Yeah, easy to pick them out and say, those are the those are the bad guys because they're purple. Mm-hmm. Like Mace Windu. No way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, cool, yeah, it's a cool ship. Yeah, it's, it's you know, like you said, it has a it has a silhouette that stands out. Again, the color scheme that we've they don't use a lot of purple in Star Trek, at least for right. ships lights. So you know they stand out right away. Like yeah, yeah, I like I like that the shape is also different because you don't really see circular like like ships that kind of take up a like a, look like a plate. That mm. like this. Yeah, well, they they've kind of reserved that for Federation ships for so long. See, now the scale confuses me a little bit here because I would have assumed the ship. I mean, we've seen this ship; it's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Like it's the ship that like Kamikaze the uh, Odyssey. But keeping in mind the Odyssey's galaxy class, which is oh, fucking huge. Oh, I know. Huge. But here, check out the windows on on it. Like this ship looks pretty fucking huge if you consider if those are like normal sized windows. And maybe they're not normal sized windows. Maybe those are some kind of. Light show. Maybe they're not windows. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, they don't need chairs. Why would they need windows? We see see these guys blow up a galaxy class ship and they're pretty small relative to it. Yeah, I always assumed it was about the size of the Defiant at most. But it looks, from this at least, it looks bigger to me. Yeah, you're right. The thing, of course, is oh, that seems to be like a drawing from somewhere. That looks to actually be a render. Bottom, Bottom left. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also don't know if each window is one floor or if, yeah, it's true. or if they're even windows at all. Yeah, I'm going to assume they're not windows. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume, well, the Gemhider don't even have a view screen. Is oh, yeah. That right? or, they, yeah, no view screen, no chairs. Yeah, no just, sex, no drugs, no rock and roll. Uh, drugs, they got drugs. Oh, yeah, that's they right. That. They got lots that's, of drugs. That's their favorite. So Maybe much they would drugs, like rock they, and roll. Let's get, they, have, they have all the drugs, they don't need sex or rock and roll. Another Jem'Hadar ship that we see is their battle cruiser. Kind of just looks like they squished their regular ship. Like it looks like the same shape, just a little bit wider or something. I mean, it's, it's almost got the Cardassian scorpion mouth. Well, this was later on. Maybe this is after they've been working with the Cardassians for a bit and they designed it together or something. Still did their bedazzling with the nice pink. Mm-hmm. Oh, the pink is very pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I always like, I think these are, I assume these are little cannons that stick up. I don't really have the. the diagrams that the other starship books give because Eagle Moss's uh, shipyards line 
I didn't get these ones because they were too recent, and now I don't know if I can get them. So Ooh. I don't know what some of these things are, but I assume on the top, what almost look like little stalk eyes, mm. I think those are probably cannons of some kind. Let's go with sure. Because these are clearly the nacelles. Clearly, he says. Clearly. Okay. Neat. And this one doesn't seem to have any windows, Jake. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Holy. Oh, I don't even okay. remember seeing this guy. Oh, you do, because this is the Jim Hadar battleship, that gigantic motherfucker from Valiant. Oh. That um, Dick, ba- Dick Wad from Red Squad was looking to find. Dick Wad from Red Squad. I like that. That's good. And it looks kind of like that other, the previous ship just chonked out. Yeah, bigger and a little more angular. Yeah, it's got more detail and stuff. Yeah. You can see it's probably got a big bay where uh, ships can fly out its ass. Definitely still very Jim Hadari mm-hmm. slash Cardassian y because I do think those kind of mandible mouth is more Cardassian y. Yeah. But definitely Dominion at that in that case. Yeah, from the side, just because it's so pointy, vaguely looks like a Star Destroyer. Ha! <laughs> it is quite pointy. All right, last one of the day. My favorite of the day is the Breen Cruiser, because the Breen are just so freaking weird. And they change everything. This ship certainly does, it because... It is asymmetrical yeah, as asymmetrical. fuck. One of the cool, most though. asymmetrical ships we've seen. That is cool, though. Yeah. It is, but it is weird. I like it. I like how, how weird it is, and yet there still seems to be some sense, some semblance of sense to it, unlike something like we talked about two weeks the ago, Narada. I think. The Narada, Exactly. In which it's just, the it, the Narada just seems like someone bolted a whole bunch of shit yeah, together. Yeah, impractical and stupid looking. Yeah, yeah, this looks like there is an actual design. Yeah, it's a little strange, but it feels like we maybe don't get it, but there is a logic to the br- for the Breen. Yeah, the Breen understand this ship up and down inside out. Well, maybe the Breen, like, listen, we don't really get to know the Breen very well. Maybe the Breen believe in art and function maybe. and their ships are sculptures as well maybe the brain lack body asymmetry or lack body symmetry maybe mm. their bodies are asymmetrical maybe and they're it's reflected in their other design. in their designs so I mean, what is under those helmets <laughs> nothing good. only kira and ducat no their minds have been wiped <laughs> have to do a recovered memory on them <clears throat> right, i've that's... got some hypnosis we could try yikes Damn it, EMH. That's all I wanted to talk about this week, just so we wouldn't be talking for days, because I feel like we've been going on for a little while now. A little bit. Yeah. Been a good episode, though. This is a good week for, I mean, sort of. We had good, we had, yeah, we had good discussions. Yeah. I think that's the... It's because, I, yeah, exactly. Tough episodes to really get under your, your brain, mm. but definitely worth under talking about. Brain. Yeah. It does feel brain. like Seven all of a sudden has really been cracked down upon, so it would be interesting to see. Like, does that continue? Do they keep being like, do you want us to give Seven, you know, use of the fax machine? I don't know. She's been bad. Fax machine. She's also apparently, I neglected to mention this, but she's also like the only person still trying to decode that message from Starfleet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No one else seems to be working on that. Fools. Yeah, well. What are we talking about next week? Oh, well, next week, uh, we're actually doing something new next week. Ooh. And new, uh, by which I mean something we've done several times before, so we're doing another one. Uh, I know Chris has said uh, he doesn't like horror movies, but you know what? Fuck you, Chris! We're gonna do one! Uh, since we saw like, some really alien-looking species, 8472, this past week, we're gonna look at more alien-looking things in the movies. Alien and aliens! I'm saying alien a lot. Mm, Jesus. Lost all meaning. Alien. I, I mean, will say... Just go in and... 
just put in xenomorphs over every time she said alien. Before she... <laughs> I will say, I'm not super keen on them, but the alien is definitely an exception. God I damn love it. That you movie. say this so many times. There's a cat. Um, He's cute. And Aliens is too much of an action movie to actually be scary, so I'm okay with that one, too. Yikes. When the xenomorph bursts out of John Hurt and he doesn't sing, Hello, my baby, oh, I'm going to be, like, really bummed. <laughs> we need to do space balls at some point. We do. We that do. would be good. But that's not next week. Next ah. week is Alien and Aliens. Bro, why is it you always just do a sonic boom? Like, why? Just how you had to move the mic away from Chris. Sonic boom. <clears throat> yeah, it's in front of me, but it did nothing to protect my eardrums from that blast. Woof. Woof. So, yeah, definitely make sure you join us for that. We're going to be talking movies uh, in another Void episode. And then after that, we'll jump back into Voyager, probably. Unless we do the other Alien movies one day. TBD. Uh, right in now. Uh, which Alien movies you want us to do. Uh, until then, you can check out the ships we were just discussing on our blogtivity over on our Tumblr, uh, com. Be catching up there. You can also make sure that you listen to all of our fanfics from the other week. They're all up on the Tumblr. Uh, so if you want to see them written down, if you want to act them out with your friends, they're there for you to peruse and listen to. You can also friend us on the Facebook. You can friend us on the Twitter. You can listen to past episodes on SoundCloud or wherever the, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm not going to judge. Uh, until next week, I have been Ames. This has been Caitlin. Uh, and this is always Chris. Chris. <laughs>